Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, we're all vaccinated and have our Cinnamon Toast Crunch with us as we sit down to discuss the movie Small Group to conclude our series on Christian art. Everybody, welcome back to Good Christian People. What's up? It's the podcast. Episode 34. Sun, she, see. There you go. I, I had to stifle every mm-hmm. laugh. I see you looking at me. No, it's just I, I like I like when he speaks foreign languages to me, to all of us. I'm Jeff. The guy laughing at me at, by not laughing is uh, Tim. And the guy who is fluent in so many languages is Josie. Josie, you want to say hi? Hello. Can you say hi in Chinese? Ni hao. Can you say hi in German? Hello. Really? That's it? H-A-L-L-O. Huh. Or V Gates. What's up? Okay. Well, that's that's exciting. Tim, how are things going? Going well, man. Last episode, your baby started crawling. Oh, this is the last episode? No, no, no. The last episode, oh, your man. baby started crawling. Yeah. And now she's walking. No, but she's pulling herself up. That's exciting. Have you, mm-hmm. you baby-proofed? Oh no, we just put her in a cage. That's good. Yeah, play pen it up. Yep, train mm-hmm. up a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crate up a child in the way they should go. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. My arm hurts a little bit because yesterday I got my first vaccine. How high can you raise your arm? I can raise plenty high. Oh wow, you, you didn't even get that above your shoulder. Get out of here! What are you talking about? That's not even. Yeah, that's all the way over my head. No, all right, let the record show that it's like still barely down by his hip. Get out of here! No, I feel fine. I mean, my arm is sore. I mean, and aside from the desire for like human flesh mm-hmm. and uh, and wanting to buy some of Little Nas X speakers uh, sneakers, I feel great. Mm-hmm. You got sneaker urge? I I just wanted to buy a bunch of Microsoft products. <laughs> you got your 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 shot. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. How'd you get on the list? You just the other day were telling saying you'd be the last one because I'm thirty years old and I was that and the other. I'm twenty five. <laughs> hey, check, check your check your age's privilege. And, well, no, uh, you did say you were ten years younger than you're us. not eligible. I am. Says who? Uh, you did when you wrote a letter in March twenty of twenty twenty <laughs> declaring me an essential worker for oh. religious services. Yeah. Oh, March of twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> okay. Josie came to me, he said, "Could we be considered essential?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, we've already handled that a year ago, where yeah. we gave you a, you know, your papers so that you could travel to church." That yeah. was when you were allowed to be one of ten people in the building at the time. That's wild to think about. Even yeah. though we put you in a cage up where no one was, like yep. there's still ten people in the building. Yep. So. We were good doobies. We were. Even though Jeff tried to get me to break the law at every turn. It was not trying to break the law. Yeah, it, it wasn't was, at every was, turn, but it, it was, was massaging. Most turns. It was massaging one piece of it. Yeah, we can't talk was, about massage anymore. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's out the door. Yeah, no, no massages here. Mm-hmm. No, but it was if, so we were under the, uh, I guess, I don't know, edict. That sounds weird to say, mm-hmm. but we were under the decree. decree that we could only have 10 people on site at our church. However, my argument was Josie was in a completely separate room in a different part of the church. I don't think he should have counted against us. 
but you, but I mean, you were, you were like, we will follow the law. And so that we will at no point because we asked, we said, give us the law so that we can meet. And then they gave it to us. And then I wasn't going to go psych and just move yeah, in the other that's direction. Why you get paid that's why That's bucks. integrity. It's ethics. It's, it's morals. It's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we, we did that. But so you got your vaccine. Do you know which one you got? Uh, Pfizer. Oh, me too. Hi, Pfizer. Did you get the Pfizer, Tim? No, Moderna. Moderna. Ooh, Mm -hmm. all right. I can just feel your DNA being rewritten. Mm -hmm. Did you guys feel weird getting it? What? So it was here, a shot. It felt no, weird. No, no, no. Like I don't every mean shot. that. I don't mean that. But actually, the lady who did my shot, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced I even have it. She she did it really, really well. Mm-hmm. I hate needles, mm-hmm. and and I was like, you know what? For the good of man, I will give my body to this. And like, she just poked me. I was like, oh, I almost was like, good job, lady. No, I felt mine. No, but I met. <laughs> sucks. No, I felt it going all the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. For me, it was like. It was long. It was like over the course of five seconds. No, that she like stabbed you and then left it in and walked away and then came back and. (laughs) No, like it was just a lot of juice or whatever. So she just a lot of juice. (laughs) She just like like, she squeezed very slowly to get it in. Okay, gotcha. All right, so you guys now have me convinced that I didn't get it. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I felt like a little poke and then she pushed and then I was out. I was like, all right. Yeah, I mean, you're able you're able to raise your hands like a Pentecostal and just smack my mic stand. Yeah. Could you not do that after? It was real sore. Yeah, mine's sore, but I'm not a baby. Yeah, I mean... I'm a baby. Okay, so I also... I had um, a weird thing. I had like a head cold the week prior, and it turned into like a sore throat. It turned into coronavirus. But at no stage was the sore throat like ever actually a sore throat. First, it started out with like, like some lymph nodes were swollen, and like I couldn't like move my neck. And then my jaw like... It was I like muscle difficulties. And then my tongue swelled up the day of the vaccine. So I was like just downing ibuprofen like crazy. <laughs> and I still noticed muffle, muscle soreness. Wow. Yeah. All right. Now I'm concerned I didn't get it. I, I will say this. Like as I was going. So I went to the uh, football stadium, that mass vaccination site, which mm-hmm. was a strange thing. Mm. Like I've never been a part of something like. Go in the hot dog stand and get poked. Right. I mean, no, you, I went to the upper level. It was weird being a part of like a mass vaccination thing. Like you go, I mean, and they had it down. Like they really knew what they were doing. And, but it was like, because all these things were in my, I would say all these voices were in my head. They're in my head now. Uh, But like all of those crazy people like that I'm friends with on Facebook, not all. I mean, there's a handful that are just like the vaccine is the Satan's number and you're going to go to hell now. And God didn't want you to do this. And like the whole time I'm like, Lord, is this correct? And then I felt like I heard Jesus go, no, that's just dumb. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I, I got it. And then I get to go back. I'm yeah. pretty sure I've gone to funerals of you know people my parents' age and up who got the polio vaccine. And I don't remember those funerals saying, well, we'll never see them again because they've got the polio vaccine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like one person on Facebook who I hope doesn't listen um, was basically just saying something to the effect of God did not intend for you to get vaccines. And I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, did you get your... Okay, whatever. Anyway. There's a... um, If you drink orange juice, it all just goes away. Yeah, prayers. Thoughts and prayers. There's a popular sci-fi series called Deus Ex. It's kind of set in like, I don't know, the year 2020. You got to nerd it it every single week, but go ahead, yeah. It was, it's like, I don't know, like noir type, you know, like yeah. uh, Blade Runner kind of stuff. 
everyone's got like robot augmentations. That's the whole shtick of the the series. Right. Oh, that sounds awesome. At some point, there's this like the Illuminati are like the bad guys. Oh my gosh! All one world order and control and everything. What in the? And there's the 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 story is that this came out. Made up? No. Okay. Okay. I mean, yes, it is made up. It's a story, but <laughs> yeah. In the one that came out in 2009, Human Revolution, uh, it's like set in 2025, oh, and everyone's augmentations, their robot parts, start like giving them headaches and stuff. Oh, man. So there's a firmware update. That the Illuminati use to just like implant a signal that can make people go crazy. Anyone with robot augmentations. I'm sorry. Anyway. We just, we just, for the, anybody listening, I'm sorry we just stole the last 45 seconds of your life. My, my whole point is when I played that game, I was like, it's this a is, game? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. At least be a show of something or a movie. In no world would this would this ever happen that like everybody would line up to get like this thing and then How long would it take you to off? describe Donkey Kong? Well, there's this monkey who has these barrels who throws them down these chutes and ladders. Like that was the longest explanation of a game. Do you run from left to right? No. Open world. Open world. Open. Oh, open world. Ooh, this, never mind. This sounds awesome. <laughs> this exchange might be my favorite thing that has ever happened on this podcast. Mm. I, I'm uh, I, I, like you guys carry. It. I need a minute to. Are we talking myself. about anything of substance today? Or no? Um, I think we're stalling again. We're blocked yeah. like the Suez Canal was. <sighs> we we were. I mean, we are. We. Yeah. It is no longer. Yeah. As I was of awake. Today. 5 a.m. I was awake. I saw it go from kind of unblocked to not, not unblocked. Oh, were they like live feed the the float out? No, I, I just followed uh, is the ship still, still stuck.com. Stuck. Stuck. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. There was uh, a whole website. You can just go to it and say yes Interesting. or no. <laughs> there's is so good to going back a couple of weeks when I canceled Duke. There is a website oh. that is it, it did did Duke win dot com or something along those lines. <laughs> And it's just simply, no matter what their last game was, it'll say yes or no. That's yeah, it. that's yeah. the same thing with the, with the boat. Uh, it's got a it's got a map from VesselFinder.com, which if you've ever like been yeah, in the yeah. ships is real cool because you can just look up a ship by its registry and find out where it is. Yeah, I do that for cruise world. ships all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it according to is the ship it was stuck for six days, three hours and 38 minutes. Yeah. And it probably cost us somewhere in the ballpark of. $59 billion. billion dollars. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that you can actually, so, I mean, mm. so my wife and I, we like to cruise all the time, but there, you can actually, on every single one of those container ships, commercial container ship, they have berths for like, mm, you know, like a handful of passengers that you just, you can pay and then okay. you can just, just, I mean, you don't have to work. You can just sail on and eat with the captain, hang out on the bridge and just read a book, write a book and just enjoy It's, it's, It'd be hmm. quite interesting. I've thought about it just for like a you know a sabbatical or something, just where there'd be absolute silence and I yeah. could just read or write or something. That'd yeah. be kind of cool. And then you get stuck in the stuck Suez in the Canal Suez. for yeah. six uh -huh. days. Uh -huh. and that's wild. Josie, you had a story that you wanted to bring up. You had a couple. Yeah, I sent a list. You were like, bring stories. And I just looked at my WAPO and my Twitter feed and all of my other liberal propaganda and yeah. brought oh, you a list. Papa. Right. And what is your favorite story from this past week? Is I, it the lady or the cereal? Oh, okay. My favorite story was actually the Suez Canal because oh, yeah. I didn't get a chance to talk about the Great Bitter Lake Association from the 1960s. But um, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal was pretty good. Yes. Uh, and that was a video this, game? No. Oh. Um, 
This is a weird story. Have you followed this, Tim? I no. The Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Okay, this, this is, is insane. This is almost entirely based out, out of Twitter. Like, yeah. It started on Twitter and everything. Tim, are you on Twitter? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all he does is tweet about basketball games. He does. Um, yeah. There is a guy named Jensen Karp who is married to Daniel Fischel. Um, if you don't know the, that name, she's the girl that played Topanga in Boy, Me- yeah. Boy Meets World. Yeah. Uh, on Monday, he shared these pictures of uh, <laughs> what appeared to be shrimp tails in a bag of cinnamon crust. T- t- uh, t- cinnamon t- crust. <laughs> Leave this in. <laughs> Leave this in. Cinnamon toast crunch. Cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> yes. CTC, baby. And like tweeted at them and said like, hey, like what's going on, man? This is crazy. And then Cinnamon Toast Crunch shot back with like, this is like based on what we know, this is like almost impossible. Like, yes, yeah. that's, that's got to be like some like detritus, sugar. crunch sugar or something. Yeah. He's like, absolutely not. So it's been this back and forth. I don't know. What did they tweet about? I think, did I skip over that? Did I? Did, he, did I he, tweeted, them. he tweeted a picture, a picture of, of shrimp tails that shrimp came tails. out of his okay. cereal bag. Did he? Did you say that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I totally missed that. <clears throat> There's some other stuff in there too, but like. The, the gist of it is he sent this picture and then they sent like basically a reply saying that's not it. And then he pushed back. And he was like, it's definitely it. And they were like, can you send them to us so we can verify? Yeah. And do something like quality control. And he's like, no, because you already called me a liar. Yeah. I'll send you one of them. Oh and then I'm going to take the other one that get tested. Yeah. And it's just been like this back and forth story. It's not done yet. Like as time mm. of recording, which is. And what does Monday, this have to do with Topanga? It's just, he's he's married. He's to married her. to her. Oh, yeah, it's, it's husband. her husband. Her husband. Gotcha. Um, but then he, they were like, "Please take Fred it Savage. to a police. <laughs> please take it to a police station." And he was like, "I'm I'm not giving you both." And then there were like some black flecks in some of his cereal that people were starting to suggest might be rat turds. All right, this is my least favorite segment we've ever done. I don't know. <laughs> if you if you fo- so here's the thing. It sounds ridiculous unless yeah. you follow it on Twitter. It's sure. like it's like this whole ridiculous thing that has blown up and it's just about this guy who got Gotcha. I mean, it is a 2021 story. You know what I I I never do I oh, well, never. I try to never do ever look on if I'm desktop all the way on the right hand side where all of the trending things are. I like oh, try yeah. to I try to pay no attention to the oh, trends. Yeah. I don't. You just scroll through your feed and you see people posting memes about like right. cinnamon toast crunch and shrimp and you're like, I need to know what this is about. I see. So, I don't have cool friends. All the, my all my followers are like, you know, people that are covering basketball teams. So Yeah. The current state of this story is he's still getting it tested. But there is some like conspiracy going around. I mean, some people are obviously like this has to be like either a problem with manufacturing or someone like in the supply chain messed it up. But then there's this whole other section of Twitter comprised of like the guy's ex-girlfriends who are like, wow, this guy is like a notorious liar. Um, he, he's doing like, this for self promotion marketing. Yeah. Um, and then cinnamon toast crunch literally like that same day hired like some new marketing head. So they're thinking that this is some setup for publicity for, huh. for him and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then there's one other a story. A bit of viral marketing. <laughs> um, that it's, it, it is the weirdest. Well, I'm sure someone will say, no, this is weirder. weirder. But uh, there was a lady who I feel very close to, even though we're not related at all. Her last name is also Higgins. She's 57 years old. And Josie, what did she just do? Um, she broke the state record of uh, New Hampshire. 
for childbirth. That's insane. 57 years old, and she was the oldest person in New Hampshire. Who's the oldest, like, in the country? I, I mean, if, if this is, or in our home state of Maryland, because 57 is up old. there. Yeah. I mean, it's old for childbirth. For sure. There was another story I read in, the, in that same article about a woman who was 56 who gave birth to her grandchildren through, I know, that that was. I wish we were on video so y'all could see the face Tim just made. It was so fantastic. We got we uh, got to clarify what what's going on is um, this is all in, intravito fertilization. In vitro fertilization. Yeah. So IVF. like this woman, um, she she was IVF, um, and then they're some of the oldest in the states. Outside of the states, women as old as like sixty and seventy are doing this. Yeah, Sarah did it when she was ninety in the Bible. Yeah, so big deal. She did IVF. No, no, she had a baby. But no, I mean, I back you. then, ninety was like the new twenty. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, so that's interesting. All right, so we've got to move on. We're going to talk about uh, Christian art here in a little bit. Um, here's something that we. So one of the things we haven't done this call out. Actually, let me start it this way. We have a new friend. Uh, her name is Myra. She is on Facebook and sent us a little message. Put a little message out on Facebook today, saying that she found us through the Outrage series, and then actually. And somehow the Outrage series compelled her to listen to other episodes. Usually that's, <laughs> Myra, that's when we lost most of our listeners. Outrageous. It, and uh, and so she likes our show. And so Myra, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you talking to us and uh, and for being out there and sticking with us after that contentious series. Uh, but I, I asked her, would you happen to be from Council Bluffs? And she is not. Oh. But I will tell you this, Council Bluffs, uh, is is significantly outpacing Virginia now, like the it state out, of Council Gruffs is Gruff, Bluffs is growing. No, no, no. I mean, in terms of our listenership, yeah, the listenership. We is have growing. the town of Council Bluffs now listens to us more than the entire state of Virginia. So, nice. Council Bluffs, we love you, nice. and we wish you would say hi to us. What up? And so we were talking right before we got started. Um, so just a heads up, guys, because of some weird scheduling and some things, we're going to take next week off. Yes. Uh, Tim is going to get his second vaccine on that day and get the microchip turned on. Oh, so we're yeah. excited to see. Uh, this may oh, be our fuck. last episode. Uh, if you apparently, according to people on Facebook, you're going to die. Um, I really hope you don't die now because that's going to sound terrible mm -hmm. putting it out there. Well, absolutely. You'll be on the list now for sure. The FBI and they'll, they'll be looking into Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, trust me, having been on one of those lists, they don't pay attention. No, sure. Yeah. yeah. So we are, we are talking about ideas that we had um, for upcoming series. And one thing with, with the, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say crowdsource this. Let us know if there's topics and ideas. Well, yeah, we always do that. If yeah. there's something that you guys want to talk about, um, we would love to hear from you. Good Christian pod at gmail.com or throw it out on Facebook. If you would Bend so it. choose, we would love to know the topics and things you want us to tackle. One thing that I think would be interesting to tackle, and this is kind of based on conversations that we have had on our staff team, Tim, uh, we would love if there's somebody out there who is uh, a Christian, who is super pro Second Amendment. We would love to talk to you and uh, and and see if there's a conversation we can have there because I'm I'm interested in ideas, particularly in the wake of uh, seemingly multiple mass shootings that have happened over the past two three weeks. It'd be really interesting to have a conversation about kind of the Christian response to that. I don't know where we're going to end up on that, um, so don't 
we may not even tackle this, but yeah. if there's somebody out there who wants to have that conversation with us, uh, we would love to to hear from you. Reach us out at goodchristianpod at gmail. Really looking com. forward to that one. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something. All right, here we go. So two weeks ago, I made you guys sit down and watch a movie called Faith Based. Mm-hmm. And by and large, even though Josie and I could could take some nuggets of appreciation from what they were doing, it still was a pretty trash movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I invited Brandon to come on again and be a part of this because anytime we talk movies, he's my movie guy. Um, and I think after the last time, he was like, <laughs> "I'm good, dude. Don't make me watch another terrible movie." Uh, no, he had he had some other conflicts. He said, "I'll come on some other time, but uh, not this week." Um, so we watched a movie called Small Group, and I did my due diligence yeah. this time and checked out what it was on. It was PG-13, due to I I don't I don't really why I don't PG-13. either. Then we're gonna have that conversation. Yeah. Um, there's no but language. There was no there was a little bit content. of language. There was a little bit of violence, and I think heavy themes. Mm. And so okay. I don't know how you all feel about this movie yet. Um, and so if it, listeners, if you have not watched it, um, maybe listen to this conversation uh, first yeah, to, to, to yeah. determine whether or not this is something you would want to watch and whether or not we would recommend it. Cause that's what we're going to ask at the very, very end of this whole thing. Um, yeah, I'd recommend it. It would you really? Yeah. Okay. It has 100% on rotten tomatoes. That's with five reviews mm-hmm. and the reviewers are people that I have never heard of. And mm-hmm. as a movie buff, um, I, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes frequently. I've never heard of these people. Sure. Uh, but the the um, the reviews were very much a, oh, the, the writer-director, uh, Matt Chastain, is really hit it out of the park, presents a great message, and it speaks to just about everybody. Um, so let's just start on... Uh, the story is about a documentarian... Uh, filmmaker who looks a lot like Aaron Rodgers. He really does. Uh, And his wife, he is, his name is Scott Cooper, who we will now call him Coop. Wife kind of looks like the very first Mary Jane from the original Spider-Man. What's her name? Kirsten Dunst. There you go, Dunst. Yep. Yep. And uh, his wife, Mary, Mm -hmm. and they have a daughter. They move from California to Georgia because he has taken a new job uh, to, he has signed a contract with another document, he had, he had Georgia on his mind, okay? Hey, Georgia. I love that song. And so they move cross-country to make a documentary. Broke. About how, yeah, they're broke, about how the church sucks. And they want to infiltrate the church and, and do an expose just to, you know. But once he gets to Georgia, he finds out that Ballard, his producer, has not really been up front with him. And that he wants them to actually infiltrate with, like, spy gear because in the in Ballard's words, evangelicals are on the ropes. And he thinks that by bringing this guy who is not very well known uh, from California to Atlanta to make a small documentary is going to take down evangelicalism in America. Let me interject at this point that based on current state uh, state law for Georgia, this entire scenario is incredibly illegal. (laughs) Um, And, as a result, would not have happened in real life. Right. Continue. You looked up Georgia state law to see whether you could record someone without their consent? No, I mean, like, you, you just know the law for all the states. Oh, you know the law for all 50 states on when you can I record think he someone does. without their no, consent? No, I don't. Um, oh. <laughs> but it is something that I've, I've had to pay a lot of attention to. Sure. 
So he goes and uh, he is uh, told that he basically has to do this because he's under contract. And so he ends up getting paired. And this was a, a part of the movie that just made zero sense to me. He gets paired up with a missionary who has come back to the States because she also wants to take down the church because she thinks it's all smoke and uh, and. Did she want to take down the church or was she just came back and she was like, this is nothing like the mission field? Well, I got the sense that she was annoyed with the church and also annoyed and vigilante are two different things. I mean, she aided him in doing all of this stuff. She knew what they were doing and she gave him, you know, here's how to talk like a Christian and here's what to say. And here's, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. Amen. Um, And amen. And so that was such a weird thing. So he ends up joining this church with his wife. They are not believers and they, uh, they are encouraged to participate in a small group. They go to, I didn't understand this either. They went to one small group, which, which was just comically weird. And then next thing you know, they're no longer a part of that small group and they go find another small group at the church and, and that they start doing life and community and things happen. Hilarity ensues. And, uh, and so then throughout the course of the movie, things happen that draw them closer to Christ. Oh, things happen. Things happen. Gotcha. I don't know. I mean, I don't even want to ask if you guys liked it yet, but let's start here. Was this a Christian movie? Yeah. 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 For sure. Overtly. I felt like where we thought faith-based might be going and then it went that way. Uh, small group went and just planted its flag as a we are going to be unapologetically a Christian movie. I it, it literally said it was a Christian like comedy slash drama in the trailer. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. They weren't hiding anything. No. It was uh, they preached a lot and they showed a conversion, which was a conversation we had last week. And so I, I, we'll we'll talk about what that uh, what that means. Here was my thing was that it I felt like it was so churchy while still getting significant things wrong about the church. The writer director Matt Chastain who I don't know if you guys looked him up, it's the guy that played Shane. He was like the 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 bearded right-hand man to our lead Coop. He was the one that had all the funny one-liners in the small groups and he went to oh, he Guatemala. Was, yeah, okay, okay. So that's, he was the one you could never take seriously because he was always... He was always joking. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So that that's the writer, that's the director. His name is Matt Chastain. Um, and he is clearly a person of faith mm-hmm. uh, and he was, was making it this way. Um, there was a caricaturization there. Caricaturization. Yeah. I, Josie, you said something in our last episode, um, and we couldn't think of the name of it, but it's this idea of the uncanny valley. And you want to explain what that is? Oh, yeah. It's um, in any anthropomorphic setting. So in terms of this specifically came out of like the field of robotics, um, there is a a point at which if you track like um, the the realisticness of a of a a machine meant to look like a person versus the comfort level of the person looking at it there's this this graph that makes like a uh it starts low it goes high and then as you get to near human it drops dramatically before coming back up and and going up and this is a a projection and that drop right before it goes right back up is called the uncanny valley because the closer you get to, to being human but not quite it's very unsettling to people 
um, as opposed to like, oh, you know, like this little frog guy has like little arms and legs and eyes and can look at you and it waves and smiles. Um, but if you have like a human, but they can't smile right or the eyes are dead inside, right? Like, it's unsettling. It elicits a, a negative reaction. Yes. Yeah. And it, it is uncanny how much it drops. That's how I feel about Christian movies. Like, I'm so glad that you sort of introduced that idea last week because I felt like this movie did that um, in a number of times, particularly, and I don't know why this bothers me, maybe because it's just the realm that I hang out in, but anytime a church worship service is in a TV show or a movie, I pretty much go, no one who has ever been to an actual worship service uh, wrote this. All right. <laughs> you thought that was spot on? No, not at all. But I was, uh, last time we talked about um, faith-based, I said how horrible that song was and that experience was and that church worship service, and you defended it, but now... No, 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 no. I didn't defend it. I, I was I was saying I thought it was really funny how... No, no, no. I, didn't, I wasn't even defending it. I was just saying I thought the song was funny because gotcha. it was so ridiculous. The song at the very end of this movie was horrible. Like, yeah. it was, a, you know, I was like, okay, you know, it's a cute little ending. And then it was just like this, I don't know what song it was, but it was rough. Yeah. The opening song was trash too. Yeah, well, it, was, yeah, it was, it was really, rough. really dumb. In fact, I want to do a shout out to Brandon. I wish he was here because he would say this. He, he, one of the things he said was that in Christian movies, you can always tell it's a Christian movie by its soundtrack. Because it always sounds like, oh, they couldn't afford real music. And, uh, and Unless I, the newsboys are running it. Then you well, could. that's true. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, for the most part, I was like, as soon as it started and the song hit, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to. And I, I, from, the, from the moment it started, I was like, I feel like I'm going to hate this movie. But I was like, I'll give, it, I'll give it a shot and see where it goes. But. With this much royalty, I mean, royalty-free, I mean, I, you know, with this, I mean, vloggers have decent music right. on YouTube. I don't understand why you couldn't just get non-vocal music, but I think they wanted vocal music and, yeah. Anyway. But they, I would say that this movie is everything we have talked about a Christian movie being um, in terms of the the way that they view sin. Um, it was amazing to me how often, how frequently uh, someone was identified as sort of being edgy or in sin by connecting it to drinking. It was always like, Oh, I used to drink. I used to go out to bars or like the beginning scene or one of the beginning scenes where the two leads are, um, are sitting there and she's like, you're drunk. And I was like, he's completely so like, he's not even acting drunk, but it was like, just by saying you're drunk, like, Oh, we get it. You're a bad person. I don't know. I thought that was, you know, and then all Christians are good. The non-Christians were bad. Nothing bad happens to any of the Christians in this movie. Um, what? You give me a look. Uh, keep going. I'll fight you on this. And then lastly. Well, the dude in Columbia gets beat up and, you know, shot up and all that kind of stuff. And they. I would say, yeah. The lead family, like, loses a child. They weren't Christians. God punished them for their sin. I mean. No, that and was that was part of the plot that it was wasn't punishment. Yeah. yeah, but that they thought it was punishment, but they were not being punished for their sin in the plot. Right, but it was written God punished them for their sin. Yeah, sorry, keep going. But I, I mean, I, listen, I don't, pastorally, I mean, you know how many people think that a lot. Yeah. No, absolutely, and I think that's a legit. I think that's a legit sure. thing. I wasn't saying that they were really being punished. Sure, I'm just saying that that when you had the 
I guess the two leads, they were the ones that the bad things happened to sure. that God worked through. And everybody else in the small group had nice little lives. It, it was it was this whole thing that like if you're in if you're in the church, if you're in the small group, everything is good. And then at the end everybody gets saved. Like that to me is those are the marks of the Christian movie. So you would have liked the movie better if he would have still, if he and she, the two mains, would have still walked away as skeptics uh, or as as rejecting the gospel. No, I'm not saying I would like it more. I don't know that. So then, that liking so then, it was on the book, was on the on the table as an option. Yeah. Um, no, so but, I, I, you know, again, we talked about this last week. I, I don't, I don't think that. Um, I didn't go into it expecting to see a blockbuster thriller. I didn't go into it expecting to see, you know, something that was going to be uh, super artsy on, you know, the Oscar docket. I, I went into it knowing that I was going to see a story that was going to wrap up nice at the end. Yeah. And that's exactly what I got. And that's exactly what Hallmark makes all their money on. And Yeah, you're right. And so I just, I, you know, I, so I, th- I think part of your, you guys are going to pick it apart and that's fine. Pick it apart. Um, and how terrible you felt it was, but I think you went in with, I don't know uh, what I, you, you went in, you got exactly what you th- knew you were going to get and still you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Were you, you weren't disappointed in it? You know, I mean, it wasn't the, the like the greatest movie in the world. No, but I knew exactly. The only thing I was disappointed in was that stupid, like farting scene in the camping. I was like, okay, yeah. this is going way too long. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I was like, there was just some, you know, there was some like, okay. I mean, I literally watched it while I was working earlier today. Yeah. And so I, that was one of the spots where I just kind of tuned out for five minutes and then came back in. Um, but no, I mean, it was, I wasn't expecting a great movie. Josie. And you guys are going to tell everybody how it wasn't a great movie. I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. But I wasn't expecting it to be a great movie. I thought it was fine. Mostly. Um, I have a lot of nitpicks, but none of them yeah. were like to such a degree that I would not recommend the film to like my my family down south or anything Mm -hmm. right there you go Um, that's the quality qualifier yeah i i mean i was there was two parts where i was moved by it was the loss of the child and that whole that whole hospital scene and the almost you know rape of the girl in Colombia, and you know again was were those scenes played out perfectly like liam neeson would and taken or something no absolutely not but um you know, those are, those are real things. And so I was like, I, I was, I was surprised that they went as far as they did with that scene, um, with the girl and the man in Columbia. Um, the way, the way the movie was built was that this was a hilarious movie. No, it wasn't hilarious. Full of comedy. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and drama. it got deep on a few it times. It did. Yeah. And, and I'm fine with it going deep. I, I, I like that Matt Chastain said in an interview that he was trying to not just lock into one genre, but to show that life has moments of levity. It has moments of, of heaviness. And I can appreciate that. Um, what was the movie trying to say? And did it say it? I don't know what the movie was trying to say, but what I brought, what, what the movie said to me was that community and fellowship is real. Um, and you know, even, even when those two went in with, uh, ulterior motives, um, what they experienced was, was real. Okay. You, do you have another take on it, Josie? Not really. I didn't, I didn't find any central thesis to the film. It was, it was a lot of, um, 
I don't know. It was it was a lot of like, oh, Christians are perceived to be a certain way, right. but aren't actually. Here's here's how it really is. Yeah. Um, and that's not that can't be the the central theme of the movie, but that's what I was picking up from it. So I will agree with both of you. So the um, I, I in fact I, that's exactly what I have down on my on my sheet. So the. Matt Chastain, the writer and director, basically said he wanted to make a movie that um, talked about the power of small groups, the unique setting for life happening and, and, and all of that, that, to kind of show that this is what it's like. And I, I mean, we could have made a drinking game out of how many times they used unironically doing life together. Yeah, which and, is, and right. And, but uh, quite honestly, that's that's real life because there's still so many churches who are holding on to that oh, terrible sure, life. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But I couldn't understand. That's the thing. I couldn't understand if he was making fun of it yeah, or no, if I he was serious about it. That. And there was parts of this. like so, And, and so I get that. And yeah. so if I was going to say, here's how, if I was going to be a producer or in, uh, you know, and say, all right, uh, go back and change this. If it wasn't yet released, I would say, great. If you want to show the power that can happen in community and fellowship, especially within a small group, stop making fun of a small group. Like if that's your if that's your goal, don't show how like ridiculous the you know and how like kitschy the small group is in the beginning. Yeah. Because then you're taking away the effect of its power at the end. Like just make it make it powerful and meaningful from front to back. Yeah. I mean, have fun, funny moments in there where people can pick on each other and all that kind of stuff. You can still have your funny lines, but, um, yeah, don't, don't parody it. And I think there was a bit of a parody at the beginning. Um, and you can't parody something you're taking seriously, but that, and that's a good point. But my, I guess my question was how often they said doing life together and nobody kind of made a face about it. And nobody was like, you guys have said this 19 times in this movie, like made me think, that they thought that was a profound thing that, maybe, they, that they weren't making fun of it. And that's maybe it's, I mean, some to some of us, we've, we've been a part of the, the Christianese so long that there's just some, some things that people say and we're like, Oh geez. You know, yeah. like, and so, but maybe it's not to them. Maybe but, those yeah. three words don't, you know, it doesn't have the same weight. Yeah. My issue was how much Christianese was in this movie and, and how much it was, but, but again, not necessarily real. Like we're all Christians and we have Christian friends and we hang out with Christians and do fun Christian things. And nobody that I've ever spoken to talks the way these people talk. Like everything is super spiritual. If somebody is There's a lot of brothers and sisters in there, brothers and sisters yeah. and amens, amens, mm-hmm. amens. And like, I, that, I don't know people who talk that way. Like in, in small groups that I've been in, when somebody's like, yeah. I'm happy to be here today. And everybody's like, amen, amen, no, amen. And, and I'm that like, felt like kind of a parody or just, yeah. And I don't think yeah. it was, I, I did laugh at the part where he was, it was a flashback to him as a boy and he's sitting on the couch yes. next to his grandmother or something or somebody. Yeah. And she's just, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help him. Lord, help him. <laughs> that was free funny. his mind. I will say, uh, and I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but that worked for me. That whole flashback section where he mm. talked about why he sort of had experiences with church and they weren't great. Sure. And it was the mom or what was it? The grandmother or aunt who was like, you want to go to hell? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. And she's like, hold up that lighter. Now put your hand over it for a minute. And he's like, what? I don't want to do that. And he's like, that's going to be your whole body covered in hell or covered in fire. And uh, so accept Jesus. All right. Anyway, I got to go smoke. That's and my Easter like, message coming up. By is the it way. really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to get a volunteer mm-hmm. from the. We're handing out lighters on the way in. And then it, when he did the, when he was showing <laughs> how he was like 
kind of th- this one girl was kind of flirting with him as a teenager and he was like oh this girl's into me and she's like hey. that was meant to be chick-fil-a by the way yeah oh for sure uh and, and i thought okay that's pretty interesting like that that's a that's a good that's a good representation of of how people would use that kind of stuff um I want to go back to where I agreed with you, Josie. So I agree with Tim that it was like the, the and, and, and the director said, this is what I'm trying to do is to show life, the power of a small group as a viewer, what I felt like they were saying. And what I took away from it was more kind of a sense of don't judge Christians without getting to know them. That if you just got to know us, we're just really likable. Like we're completely likable. Christians are great. If there are all these uh, images of Christians out there in the world that you think you know, it's just because you don't know any. But we're if you get into a small group with them, they're, Christians are awesome. And I would agree with that to some degree, and I also disagree with that. And maybe we're so close to ministry that um, we, we deal with some of the ugliness. But, I mean, there's, there's some ugliness out there. And, and just to sort of assume that you get into a small group and everybody's just super great, um, I don't know. That didn't work for me that much. Josie, did you have something you wanted to say? Uh, yeah. So I, going back to what, what Tim had said earlier about the, the small group, um, I don't know, feeling weird. Um, my thing was it, it felt normal to me. Like, yeah, some of the Christianese was a little, it was a little aggro, but, um, I felt the individuals were were caricatures more than like the group itself sure. and that kind of like is what lent itself to the the phoniness yeah. this is this was a a lot of these characters were very strong characters and as a result um it lent itself to a lot of conflict that felt contrived hmm. so from the moment uh that uh the sean seth shane guy C- scott Coop. not scott um scott cooper no, the other one. Oh, Shane. Shane. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm sorry. From the Scott's moment that down. he started making jokes, deadpan, I was like, oh, this is going to be edited into like some kind of film that's going to like slam Christians at the end right. of the movie. And it's like, I, I saw where it was going from the very end. Yeah. So every instance of like him doing that was another moment where I was like, uh, can we get to this at some point? Yeah. Or can we just get past this? Um, the whole interlude in the car, uh, right. where they were, they were like being really, 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 uh, specific um the hardware store made yeah. no sense to me right <laughs> uh for for anyone that hasn't watched the movie uh, Wait, you, you should, know what? you we should have... absolutely have watched it by this point we haven't the even hardware ex- store? Ex- when they when all the guys went camping uh, should we explain yeah. what that we didn't explain what did the he, movie is did he st- did he steal something or did he not steal something he didn't steal something but he was acting like he stole something but he set off the alarm as if he had stolen something right yeah, I mean, I he was he, just like a he was the big joker, ha ha ha. Right. You know, just but then the alarm went off. Right. Um, can we ask? I want to ask a question. Uh, and we probably won't spend a ton of time here, but PG thirteen. Yeah, I don't. Why? I don't. I don't get it. Oh, the themes. Yeah, I but, wouldn't show this to any anyone under the age of thirteen. Uh, just by I faded out there, just by merits of the fact that like there was uh there was the theme of loss. There's the theme of like. Uh, sex work in Guatemala like those are things that you probably shouldn't be exposing kids to even sure. if there wasn't a lot of language or things that like you would tick down as like here's sin number one sin number two sin number three that makes it PG-13. I would, yeah I would say the sex work would be I mean I, the loss of a child is something that 
you know, kids yeah. kids go through all the time. If you know, mom has a miscarriage or something. It was so. it was pretty raw. It was pretty raw. I like you the followed loss, you, you followed yeah you followed all of it. You followed like from the moment it happened to yeah. the moment they they kind of resolved it. Yeah, right. yeah. I thought that was heavy. I, I'm not a huge fan. Well, I will come back to that. So here, I want to do something that that Tim might like um, instead of just poking holes in this whole thing because I know you and I both have a lot of nits to pick. Uh, what worked? Because I think there's some things that worked in this movie, and I want to give it credit where it is due. Do you um, guys have anything that worked? The neighbor. If the thesis of the movie is to not make assumptions about a group based on outward appearances, um, okay. I think the neighbor was a really good example of that showing up in a a secondary storyline. I'm glad you pointed that out because I thought he was a total waste, and I thought this guy is here just for comedic relief. And, and it, I mean, I, I understand what the, the, what you're talking about, I think is that when Coop is in Guatemala on a mission trip, his wife goes into early labor because she's losing the baby and she passes or she doesn't pass out, but she falls down in the driveway and he comes over. And then all of a sudden this dude who clearly eats a lot of crocodiles, um, and is happy about, um, just his lack of teeth. Like his, his whole deal is that he was an army medic, which seemed weird to me. Like it just, it was sort of out of left field because I was like that. I feel like he was a caricature more of the Georgia rednecks yeah. than, uh, you know, than some of the small group caricatures were. But yeah. knowing, knowing an army medic who works <laughs> in a completely new job now, like that's not at all, that's not at all abnormal. Like, they're a completely different person until something happens. And then those okay. years of training kind of kick in. It'd be like, I guess yeah, sure. All it right. would be like, if you, if you change your job completely, you went off and you like start working in like sales or something. Yeah. Computer programming, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I um, would still speak English though. Like when he wasn't, when not, he wasn't, he was like, I he, he was like related to the coach from the water boy. We're mm-hmm. not talking right. about, we're not talking about that. I'm talking about is, if you went off and did something completely differently, you would still be a musician. You would still sure. carry those qualities, even if nobody knew that. Like, sure, you'd you'd go down and you'd find a guitar someday, and then everyone would be like, "Oh, I didn't know you had to play guitar." But just, but I guess my thing would be, is that this guy, up until the moment where he is revealed as an army medic and can start using words like contusions and da da da, da that this is a guy who you would have thought did not have three brain cells to rub together. I mean, he was he was intentionally comedically dumb, and 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 that was that was my issue. Was it like okay, that's fine if you just want to have him as this character who just walks around and can't remember anybody's name and and like can barely speak English? Well, no, they explained that that was a part of the story of him being an army medic. He's deaf, he can't hear anything, so he he went with the names that he thought he had heard. Yeah, okay. this this, this all be worked. A three hour episode if we all keep right, talking right, about this. Fine, all right, fine. You're, it, yeah, you did this again. All right, fine. You you win me over. I still didn't think it was that work. All right, Tim, was there anything for you that worked? I don't because you're the one who liked it the most. Yeah, I, th- I just it was just a it was a feel good story. Um, I don't know specifics of what worked. I didn't take any notes. I just was watching it while I was working. Um, no, nothing specific. Okay, specifically for me, the two things that worked were some of the humor. Like, I was like, okay, like that was, for a Christian movie, that was funny. 
Yeah. Uh, there yeah. was some stuff in there that I went, that's that's pretty funny. There was some of the lines of the guy, whatever his name was. Shane. Yeah, Shane, the guy who was the the writer, right? Uh-huh. Some of those lines were like when he went and bought the axe at the, right. at the store. I was like, yeah, that's funny. I would that's use funny. that line. I would too. I would, I would oh. just, you know. I hate it all. I, of I know it. you did. I knew, it's because you're not a it. dad. It's because yeah. you're not an old dad. Well, you're not a dad, but it wasn't a video game either. So. <laughs> 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 Some of the humor worked. I like when when he when they were introducing themselves and Shane was like, "Hi, I'm so and so," and points to another man's wife and goes like, "That's my wife, Emily." Like he just repeats what the other guy said. I was like, "Okay, this guy is a cut up," and and I appreciate they're making jokes. There was something else that was said. I don't remember, but I, I thought some of the humor worked, and which is very rare for a Christian movie. There's almost no levity at all in normal Christian movies, um, and so the fact that that was a part of it. Um, I thought it was pretty good. And there was like a scene in the truck where and I can't remember. Remember Kenny, he was the small group leader who had zero personality. Like this guy cannot have been an actual actor. Yeah. His like, personality was not having personality. Yeah. But he said something in the truck and he just had this really goofy grin on that cracked me up. I'm like, this guy is weird. Like it's great. It's weird how great he is or great how weird he is is one of the two but it, that that part made me go all right there's something here why didn't kenny get more funny lines he was he was uncanny valley he smiled with his teeth but yes. not with his eyes yes yeah there it is and then the other thing that i really liked and this goes back to last week i thought the moment in guatemala um i didn't think that whole thing worked i didn't think all of it worked but the part that i really liked was how honest coop seemed to be when and i wish i could remember his name but the the lead missionary there um oh, got yeah. attacked and how much he was basically like well the, the white missionary was like see this is what happens when you follow don't follow Je- jesus and he's yeah. like no this is what happens when you do yeah I, that was one of my favorite lines i did too thing. me too because it was this honest thing of going dude you're you're just you're spiritualizing mm-hmm. this this horrible thing that has happened and just writing it off because it really doesn't impact you. And he he had as a non Christian a sense of this is wrong and and this is complicated. And I appreciated that. I thought that worked. Josie, was there anything that you thought worked? Oh, you know, it was when he looked at the guy and 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 he said, "You're not God's gift to Guatemala." I was like, that was that is a very astute line because so often when it comes to missions, we think we're going to go in and save people. And then five days later we leave and yeah. we never have connection with them again, but we still pat ourselves on the back and go look at these pictures we took with these kids. And, and for him to go like, you're all you need to do is just do your role and then go home. Like stop acting like you're the savior white guy. Um, I thought that was, I thought that was a very good, honest moment and I appreciated it. Josie, was there anything for you that worked? Um, there are little things that worked, but overall it was, it was just okay. Okay. Now Tim's going to roll his eyes while you and I go back and forth. What did not work? I'm out. Oh. <laughs> All of the conflict, every single piece of conflict in this film did yeah. not work. Yeah. Um, from the, the, the very premise of the film being illegal and immoral and kind of contrived. It's stupid. Um, okay. Go ahead. Two. It's fiction. Remember when we had that conversation an hour ago about your video game? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I the, remember I was laughing really hard. Yeah. There were just scenarios where like someone would say something or do something that just no one rational would do in mm-hmm. real life. And it just felt contrived. Um, a really good example is uh, when they set up the 
with the plot line that comes back at the end of the second act where um, they lose the baby. They'd set that up with a doctor's appointment earlier in the, the movie Yeah, where she was like, hey, we like at some point in pregnancy had sharp pains, had the baby later that night. And they were like something about shortened cervix, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. And then the doctor's like, well, you know, this is something we're going to watch out for. And then his wife, very clearly distraught and like scared that this is going to happen again. They're going to lose the baby. He's He sits there and he goes, have we considered abortion? Yeah. And it's like, dude. Right. In what world would that be okay to say to your wife right. while she's in this state? Right. In front of the doctor that's trying to like convince her that things will be okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm married. With you. I'm not married and I, I, I can't. I, I like. So I, you can't get married? Sorry. No. I'm, I'm <laughs> incapable of being that level of stupid in this moment because I'm uh, not married. Yeah. I'm sure married guys will be like, yeah, I remember the time I said something stupid. But like that was a that was a level of stupidity. Yes. That just like and then they resolved it. She was like, take it back, say sorry. And he said sorry. He showed her a picture of their right. ba- their right. kid when she was a baby. And then it never came up ever again. Right. That was that was a thing that for me in my notebook I underlined get mad Mary like this should be something where and and particularly because it wasn't like a surprise like they knew they were pregnant and they knew they were going to the doctors they know that this has happened before what married couple only has that conversation in front of a doctor for the first time and then what man is so stupid enough to go you think we should just not have it in front of a doctor and then the most unrealistic thing to me is they're sitting in the car and he's like, oh, I did something bad. And she's like, I'm looking at the window and I'm not going to talk to you. And he's like, look at our picture of our other kid. And she's like, <laughs> she's cute. I'm like, dude needs to be kicked out of the house. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, like that to me was so unrealistic. And so like, you're, I know you're is not it unrealistic because it was a Christian movie. No. No, no, it was just unrealistic. It was just unrealistic. It was, it was a bad, it was a very bad, bad plot point. Yeah, it was, it was right. It was a plot point on fast forward, which is not relevant when it's on fast forward. If they wanted to put it in there, they should have drug it out. But I would suggest that it in there. I would suggest it did come back. I would suggest when he, he lost, lost the baby, um, and then it, his boss comes in after, you know, and he's mad at his boss for putting out the trailer, this, that, and the other. And he basically said, you know, had she, he downplays the baby's death, the boss does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he goes and puts his arm on his shoulder and he swats it away. And I, I suggest that it did come back because you can see it. One, there was a time, whether it was on fast forward and it was presented wrongly or badly, uh, he thought about terminating the pregnancy and having an abortion. And now, he held a child for five minutes in his arms, whatever it may be, and it meant so much. And now he's saying, dude, get away from me, you jerk, you know, who's downplaying the life of my child that I held for five minutes, whatever it may be. Sure. And I, I but I still think you can, you take out, you remove the mm-hmm. abortion thing yeah. and you can still have that moment. I agree. I did, to me, I felt like there were, um, it was an instance similar to the, your drunk comment where it was like, Ooh, he's not a Christian. Right. That's what it felt like to me. And and my thing is this, those are such intimate um struggles. The loss of a child, pregnancy, miscarriage, abortion. I am not a fan of people using that for just to make an emotional plot point. 
And if it is, you better do it right. And to just sort of do this throwaway thing where the guy's like, what about abortion? And you're like, what? Like, like it, that, that, that was a moment where I went, I'm trying hard to give this movie the benefit of the doubt. That was really poorly done. And I, I really, I really took issue with that. Tim, I told you at the beginning of our prep that there was a moment where I thought of you and we need to talk about Ballard, the producer for just a minute. This was the guy who brought Scott and his wife across country to do this expose on Christians, the the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And he was such a poorly written villain that he did all of the tropes of a movie of a Christian movie villain, which is he's evil. He wants to take down the church. He's a creep because he was like flirting with, he was like buying coffee for his intern. And he's just like, I like pretty ladies. And this is when you thought of who, when he went to dinner with the family and he sat there and spoke throughout the entire meal as he was shoving food in his mouth. Mm. And the whole thing went, and I was like, that's what you thought of me. I did because I, mean, that, I know how much that annoys you. Oh, and right, I thought, yeah. Oh I'm man, cool I thought you were comparing me. To no, the no, 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 no. It was, it was this, this, this pig of a man who mm-hmm. was just sitting there going, <laughs> I mean, like he was Jabba the Hutt um, in a suit. And, and I was like, you're going to be so annoyed with me for putting, making you sit through that. Um, I just, I thought the plot was really stupid. Um, just, and we've covered that, but just the whole big plan is we're going to do this little movie and we're going to take down the church. Okay. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it wasn't even taking down the church. It was taking down that small group. Well, no, I mean, he, the Ballard, the producer wanted to take down evangelicals because they're, they were, they're hypocrites and they're, they're on the ropes and they're, we're, they're going to go down and this is going to be the final nail in the coffin. And so go expose this church. And then the whole thing is I'm going to go be a part of an eight member small group to show you exactly what Christianity is like everywhere. Yes. Right. And it's like, and as a result, the trailer that he had was this small group is, is like. I mean, he edited it. He edited it, and he used stuff that was taken out of context. And that was the whole point of just to say, yeah, if you take any Christian out of context, it's going to sound like they're bad people, but we're great people. Well, not even that. It was like because they were so, I don't don't know what the right word is, such a strong personality. Like, they were so sarcastic. Mm -hmm. The whole movie, like that one guy, Shane, like because he kept saying everything deadpanned. Yeah, it, it was as if you'd put a camera on Tim and just followed him around for a week. Like right. you could make that same trailer. Yeah, but ninety nine percent of Christians aren't like Tim and Shane. Yeah, um, our Tim real life sh- and fake Shane movie. Yeah, like they aren't going to just be like constant snark and cynicism. Well, actually, yeah. we're kind of two for two for three, two for four <laughs> on yeah. our pastors right now being snarky. Yeah, so maybe that's less true than I, I'm I'm positing. <laughs> but to me, like this the 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 setup for this movie, the setup for like that betrayal only could have happened in this small group. Right. And as a result, like the luck you had to have to get into that specific small group. Yeah. To get that kind of a setup. Yeah. Like nobody else would have given him that Ballard, that material that he could have used with which to make that burn trailer. Yeah. And it was largely one person who was saying it. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was one other woman that they took out of context that, you know, 
recorded that? He had uh, Mary. She had her button. Remember? A button? Okay. Yeah, because remember he said, do you have your button? You know, you got your button all set up when he went to Guatemala. Okay. I I remember that. Yay. Because okay. he, he told Mary, wear your button. And so that's a good point. I didn't watch the first half hour of the movie, so I missed a lot of like little details. No, that happened like right before he left for Guatemala. Okay. Like they're in the, they're in the, uh, the driveway good catch or somewhere i don't know maybe when guatemala maybe why didn't you watch the first half an hour yeah i was in the role of a game of league (laughs) (laughs) all right so i have a couple things um a couple things that really bothered me one was um i said one of the things that worked with some of the humor some things that didn't work for me was some of the humor i didn't like how um shane particularly um in one like in the first time we meet him as they're heading in like he makes a sexist joke, a racist joke, and a joke about special needs. And my whole thing was going, okay, I understand that that the goal here, and I didn't know he was the writer and director at that time. Um, when I when I saw him do it, I went back in later and was like, that okay. So and he I started said to, about the short bus. He's a short bus. He said something about. Um, oh, I'll come back to the sexism one and the racism one. He said something to the Asian lady. And the the Emily wife and he I forget what he said. He said something that was was kind of mocking her race. And he looks to her wife, his wife, and goes, "Oh, can I not say that because she's Asian?" And I was like, "That it just seems incredible." I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like there are things. And because when I read an interview with him, he made a comment that we're telling jokes that no other Christian movie has done. And I'm going, "There's a reason there, guy." Like. Those are offensive jokes. Those are things. And and one of the things I really didn't like it. And this was one of the times it happened and it happened in a couple other places where, um, he, Mary was her, her appearance was commented on like multiple times. And I, that is a strange thing to me to be in a church and to have men be like, man, you're really pretty, man. You're so pretty. I'm like, I get that every Sunday. Are you kidding me? No, I mean, I, I I tell you you're pretty, but I'm saying to have someone like, I'm so pretty comment on a woman's appearance in church. I think we should probably stop doing that. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's a real thing. I mean, it hasn't happened since we put out the edict to say, tell people to stop wolf whistling. That's a (laughs) decree. Let's see. Uh, I didn't understand the whole missionary thing um and her interest in just being a part of taking down the church and then she shows back up and by the end she's okay um i will say this and this is this is a as someone who has created and written some things um and also participated in the acting out of them i had issues with matt chastain the writer and director also being shane where his character was 100 percent, 98 percent the comedic relief he was also super gracious at the end when he gets exposed and you think he's going to be this big jerk. And he's also the hero who rescues this woman from sex trafficking in Guatemala. And like he takes down this dude and gets punched and, and whatever. Like he was the hero. He was the saint and he was the comedic relief. And everyone else around him was just sort of like, like he gave himself all the sexy parts. And I just felt like, dude, I mean, could could you not hire somebody else to do that? Like, it just felt very sort of self-serving to be like, I'm going to be all of these characters at the same time. It just bothered me. Like, at some point as a writer, as, a, as whatever, you have to give some other things for other characters to stand out. 
and and I have no problem with you guys and you know your voice and your opinions about the movie. Let me just ask a question of you for a second. Yeah. If someone came up to you after one of your concerts, like so, say for instance, this Easter concert coming mm-hmm. up, and came to you with a list of fifteen things that they would have done differently, fifteen things that didn't make sense, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I again, I don't take issue with you. You know, I don't care. It's not my movie. Um, what would your reaction be? So um, if you so if if so if someone sat where you're sitting right now and judged your creative output, they well, do. Okay, I mean. Now, some people don't like come and list it mm-hmm. to me, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm very aware that anything that I put out, whether mm-hmm. it's a podcast, whether it's a church production, whether it's a concert, a worship service, I mean, mm-hmm. same with you, mm-hmm. that you know that there are people who are just sitting there that are going, they're evaluating what you're saying and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, I would, you know, I, I think when you present art in this way, mm-hmm then you understand going into it, there are going to be people who are going to be critiquing it. Okay. You think differently? No, that's it. Okay. Um, no, in some ways when I critique, um, it's, it's, I try to be gentle when I critique things that I can't do. Like I critique you, I think with more grace than I critique other pastors that I will sit under who, or speakers. Sure. Um, cause I can't do what you do. And so I can say, Hey, you know, like this might've sounded a little off or did you think about doing this? Like, I just, I feel like I have a more gentle critique of a professional, you know, sports figure or something. It's like, man, he really, like, how did he miss that throw? Mm-hmm. Like mainly I'll, you know, but he's making $35 million a year. He should be able to make that throw, but I can't, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to make that throw. Um, and so I don't know. I just, it, my reaction to both of you guys as you guys are going back and forth is write your own movie. <laughs> like if someone, you know, if somebody like yeah. would, if someone, if, if what's his face, Shane or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Shane Scott staff, whatever, <laughs> if he was listening to this, like, uh, you know, would he just say, write your own dag movie? Or if someone were to make a podcast about, the Easter plays and the Christmas plays that you wrote, would you like say, dude, write, write your own screenplay or not screenplay stage play or something. Sure. Um, I mean, I think I feel like they would have the right to do that, but uh, my suggestion is, is write your own movie. I, I think that's disingenuous. Um, if you are putting art out into the world, like I, it's a, I don't know, like not a red herring, but it's just, it's a deflection, mm-hmm. deflection, deflection boy, to boy. say that. To, to say, if you don't like my art, then you go make your own art. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, if I don't like your art, I just don't like your art. I don't have to make my own art in order to, like, if I go write something that I love, I still will dislike your art, and I still will have what I believe to be valid criticism about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's just, the movie is fine. There are nitpicks. It could have been better. I don't think it's, a bad thing to point those out in a a controlled environment. Yeah, in the context of what we're doing right now. We're not telling him he's like he should never make a movie again and he should consider like oh he should consider I'm not going to make that joke. Yeah, thanks. Um, but he like it's just we're talking about a movie that we all watched. Yeah. And it's out there and you know, people do this all the time. 
Well, and who knows? I mean, I, well, I was going to say, maybe somebody's listening and will go make good art based on this conversation. Probably not going to happen. But <laughs> I, I think I think it's helpful to identify the things that we say this probably isn't very strong in a, in a Christian movie. So, well, I, th- I think it's here's and this is where the reason I react, react in the way I am. And again, I, I knew we were going to critique and I knew this was going to be the conversation. Uh, after I saw the movie, I knew I would just sit back and say, okay, you guys can do what you do. Um, but you, you, the three of us walked in to this with the two of you agreeing. There is no such thing as a good Christian movie. You have yet to see one. And so I guess that's why I'm reacting a little bit. So it's sure. not like it's not like you come to me and say, "Ooh, that message!" Like here's here's let me critique your message because I've seen David Platt do it better, or you know uh, Rick Warren do it better, or something, or you because I've seen Crowder do it better, or Tomlin do it better. Um, the, you you guys have walked in and said there is no you know none good. Like all movies have fallen short of the glory of God and sin. And I don't so that's think we've why said that. I think we're looking for one. I, I think it's possible that it's out there yeah. I, and that's why we're doing this. I okay. mean, to me is to say, where is art that we can celebrate? And, and, but I think part of the problem is, is that so often we are seeing the, um, and I, I'm going to use this word very liberally. We're seeing the same sins committed, okay. um, it, across the board that even a movie that's like, I'm going to be PG 13 and I'm going to have some content in there that isn't a part of most Christian movies. To me, it's like you still made a Christian movie. You still made a very, very preachy, not authentic Christian movie. And all you really did to really make it edgy was throw in some really inappropriate humor in some places. Um, They throw in some good humor. I mean, that's why I wanted to say here. Here are the things. And and I will. I do want to move on to the next thing so we can kind of wrap this out. But were there some standout moments for you? Because there were for me. There were moments that I went, this is a good scene. This is something that I really take away. And I'll start because I don't want to be just so critical of it. Um, The scene of the mission leader, and I really wish I could remember his name, the mission leader being attacked. Mm. Um, Because the white guys went in and did something they shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been in that situation plenty of times. Mm -hmm. We've got a partner in India who... Has has totally reworked my understanding of missions. Where before it was, let's go in as a white people and we're going to save the day, and uh, or Americans and not have to necessarily be white people, but we're the foreigners coming in. And ultimately, it's like, no, you're the guys that come in to support and to tell the story and to do whatever the lead missionary says. And there was that moment where the little kid was like, "Hey, white Americans, come home with me to my you know my place." And the lead missionary was like. No, mm-hmm. don't do this. And and he was like, no, 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 we're, we're good. We're good. And then Shane was like, I'll go with him. And, and like you could tell that the mission leader was like, this is not a good thing to do. And it ended up coming back to bite him because once these guys, they say they rescued a girl from slavery. I mean, sex trafficking. Can we be honest? No, they didn't. Yeah. Like they stopped that one act from happening. Right. I mean, this this. And in fact, even at the end of the movie where Shane looks at, at Coop and says, you rescued this girl. It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. And it's that, that, that mindset of, of I went and I rescued somebody. It's like, nope, you sure didn't. But then the, um, but then the gang comes back and they confront the leader mm-hmm. and the leader has to then stand there and pay the price for what the visiting Americans did in yep. that scene. And his response to them was he showed love, he showed grace. And then ultimately looked at the guy and said, 
you do what you need to do. Yep. And, and that to me was, was a, was a beautiful moment. It was an honest moment and it made me go, I really did like, not that we've ever been in that, that sure. type of, of situation, but it, it definitely hit home for me. And I thought that well, was great. Yeah. I mean, there's a conversation about pacifism, right? Yeah. Uh, I know we've had that conversation with other people. Um, and what is, what is the way of Christ, uh, in, in that scenario? I, yeah, I think that was it. And as you mentioned, um, you know, the, the response to that, with the white curly haired dude was like, yeah, that's what you get when you're not following Jesus in his yeah. line. For me, that was like, that was the killer line Yeah, where he's like, no, this is, this is what happens when you do follow. But that's an American Americanized view of God's will right. that when we are in his will stars align. Um, and like, well, you, you know, your path forward might align, but the stars might be attacking you the entire time. Um, you know, that's, that's our view of, of, you know, of God's will. But yeah, I, I think that, um, I think they handled well the, for me, uh, I think they handled well the scene when the baby died and the two of them on that bench mm-hmm. holding a baby crying yeah. that yeah. they handled that well. Uh, yeah. That was an emotional scene for me. So yeah. And I've, I've not been through that Yeah, personally. I've walked through people with people, but it felt a, it felt sensitive yeah. to that moment, yeah. and I, I appreciate. I mean, I, I didn't love the all the necessary use of it, but it definitely um, definitely worked. Um, Josie, is there anything that worked for you? Anything else standout moments? Those were the two big standout moments of the film. Um, Those were when I realized, wow, this is not a comedy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, no, nothing else really stands out for me. Um, I have additional nitpicks, but I think we're, we're kind of beyond that point now. <laughs> I've guilted you all <laughs> you into t- silence. No, no, we're good. <clears throat> I will say this. I, I, there was one other standout moment and this is simple. This is small. Um, but it was, it kind of reminded me of faith based where it's like, Oh, someone has been in this situation and has had this conversation. But when the couple goes to the first small group, which is like really weird and they're all just standing around and like that one big tall guy is like, what do you do? you ever been in a small group? You know, like all that was like kind of funny, but they moved to the wives in the kitchen and they were all talking about their kids and they were all talking about it. And, and I forget what the, I wish I should have written it down, but I, by this time the movie was like, Oh, here's my other nitpick. Okay. And I will say this, the thing that didn't work for me, a two hour runtime. Yeah, this movie should not have been two hours. Uh, that was, that was atrocious. Um, Atrocious is a bit much, but yes, no, when I when two I saw, hours is a bit much. I'm like, dude, was, there's some Marvel movies that aren't two hours long. Like, there's some Oscar winning movies that are two hours long. Marvel movies, okay. Maybe Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, I don't know. I'm just making that up. But they go into the kitchen and the wives are talking, and one wife says something. Uh, one of the moms says something about her kid, and another one just offers a really stupid suggestion on how to like raise her kids unsolicited. And it reminded me, and I don't know if I should say this without, um, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, our dear friend, Brianna, um, she, her son Ari is in a wheelchair and it's got spinal issues. And, uh, I mean, he's had, he's had health issues whole life. And, um, the amount of stupidity, that is said to her on a regular basis in church of people like, have you tried this? 
do you ever think, you know, this? And it like she texts me and my wife, like, you will not believe the things that people say to me. Yeah, lavender oil, right? Essential oil, we'll, yeah. Essential oils. We'll get him I mean, walking again. Uh, there's, there's just been other things. I, I don't want to be too specific, but I think as a, as a, as a culture, as a church culture, we should stop saying things to people um, about their bodies and about the way things work, and, uh, and stop offering. Um, really dumb suggestions like think before you you speak and put yourself in the position of the other person and go what I have wanted someone to say this to me or do you think that this parent who is going through this situation has not already thought of your entirely stupid idea already um, and so on behalf of our friend Brianna who was probably going to be mad if she were to listen to this that I said that stop saying things to people All right, my last nitpick for as long as this movie was they still couldn't find the time to deal with the resolution of the final conflict outside of a montage. Yeah. They montaged the resolution of the movie. Sure. Yeah. And that to me was like, that was unacceptable. That was like, that was like <laughs> where I was like, okay, whatever emotional weight that this final conflict had is now gone yeah. because we didn't get to see the people work through. Yeah. They showed us in a montage it happening, yeah. but you didn't get to see everyone working through their feelings of betrayal and hurt. It, it was, was just, the greatest hits. Everyone was upset. And then by the end of this two minute montage, everyone was okay. They're yeah. happy. Coop yeah. is getting saved and baptized and right. everyone's a Christian. Everyone's happy. They've, they've saved the Guatemalan civilization. They, they like, own a yoga done. studio now. It's yeah. just, yeah. Uh, last two questions. Would you recommend this movie? I already said I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd recommend it. I wouldn't say it's like the greatest thing, or you should watch it; it'll change your life. But you know, if um, if I know like a fellow church member is like looking for something to watch on a weekend, I'll be like, you should check this movie out. Yeah, I would say it depends. If you're unchurched, no, I would say the the quality is subpar. There, there are many times where Jen would be walking through the room or doing something, and she would stop and be like, "This is ter-, like watching ten seconds of it going. This is really bad acting." I'm like, I know, I know, just but I, you know, it's it. it I would say it's it's uh, it's incredibly preachy, um, to the point of of not really sounding authentic. But if you're a Christian, if you're a church person, if you really like Christian movies, um, I would say this is one of the better ones that yeah. I have seen. Yeah. It's one of the better Christian movies that I have seen, and I still wouldn't want to rewatch it. Um, <laughs> see, I agree. It is one of the better Christian movies that I've seen. But here's the crazy part: you watch Small Group once. You watched faith-based faith based twice because faith-based was so atrocious. I wanted to do my work on it. Right. I wanted to make sure that, that my, that, that I could come back and say, I mean, yeah, I, I would, <laughs> I liked small group more than I liked faith-based. Yeah. Um, although faith-based was shorter and that, that played in his favor. Last question. Um, as we kind of wrap all this up, does this, does this do anything to you? Final thoughts. Uh, how does it make you feel about Christian art in light of our previous conversations? Gives me hope. Okay. Like this wasn't coming out of the conversations from, from earlier. Um, I've been really stuck on those movies by those church, the church in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I've just been kind of tired of like this, this, uh, Garbo. I'll say <laughs> as an adjective, uh, Garbo, movie Christian art Garbo is in garbage um, <laughs> Greta Garbo isn't that a wasn't that like an old actress back Great in the garbage, day so, yeah. so in light of that seeing a movie that is at least like moderately okay um, or, or just fine that's what it is it's fine 
Yeah, right? I guess I, I guess that's part of my reaction. Like it, it, it gives why, me hope like that my it arms be are crossed by, and it's like it wasn't like even those movies, you know, even the movies that you're just you're you're talking about, you know, facing the giants and all that kind of stuff. They're not garbage. I don't know. I, that's they're just fine. that's my whole thing. Is like we're we're using adjectives like garbage and atrocious and horrendous, and I'm like. No, I mean, two it hours was, for this movie. It was it is, was below par. A sin. Two below hours par. for this movie with a contrived conflict, with with contrived conflicts, and with a montage to end it yeah. is just not great. Not great. Here's my prayer: uh, is that some of the screenwriter, if, if that God takes a wave of revival through pixar and just bring some of those screenwriters over because they are brilliant genius mm-hmm. folk and can write a great script in 90 minutes so i would say i take away from this i, th- I still think mainstream christian art is too clean that even when it tries to get dirty it, it it struggles to hit the mark um this one was better than than the other ones i've seen uh josie i want to confirm what you said last week and it and this movie did it which is uh, conversion is just a third act fix. Like they went through this whole thing just to get them converted. As soon as they're baptized, they own a yoga studio, take a picture, roll credits. And, and I was like that, I would love to see how they process like, you know, so that, that was just the same thing. I also th- said this, and maybe this was my frustration um, as I was processing it after, but I just was thinking, I think non-Christians would make a better Christian movie than Christians would. I think Christians are so. We tried that with faith based. No, he's still a Christian, oh. and and he wasn't trying to make a Christian movie. He was a Christian trying to make a non-Christian movie, just rooted around. I mean, sure. faith based was a was. Is there evidence Christian. of a non-Christian writing a Christian movie? I I don't know about writing, but I would say that if I want to get his name wrong, I think it's Andrew Adamson directed the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the yeah. Chronicles of Narnia one. That's a fantastic movie. He was, I don't know if he was an atheist, but he's definitely unsaved. And, and this is an interesting one of the interesting story that came out but when that whole movie came out was that the line, it is finished is not in the book, the Chronicles of Narnia. He just said, it felt like the right thing to say that when Aslan jumps on the white witch in the movie, Aslan turns around and says, it is finished. And all the Christians got chills because we understood what that meant. And yeah. there was an, it was an article, an interview with him and they're like, so how did you pick that? He's like, you just felt like the right thing to do. And I'm like, so you don't understand why that's significant? And he's like, no, I don't. He's like, this just felt like the right thing to do. And I went, I mean, at sure, this that's point, a cool story. I, but that, I would say that wasn't his, I mean, he brought that book that was yeah. Lewis's. He didn't write the movie. He took the book and he adapted it for the screen. And so that's still, I wouldn't say a non-Christian making a Christian movie. But I would still say non-Christians do a really good job of making movies that deal in themes of um, heroism, of hope, of um, redemption. I mean, there's, and we talked about those last week where there's of sacrifice where you can go, this is a really good movie that I can, I can take someone else's art and I can say, here is a story that I could recommend to somebody else. They're already doing that. They just haven't made it super preachy. They haven't connected the Jesus line. And so to me, I would love, I would not say go pay a a non-Christian to make a Christian movie, but I would say what would be helpful if I was to make a Christian movie, if you and I were to do it, because you would just be like, no, I hate you both. Um, I think one of the first things I would do is try to go get a 
storyteller from outside the church to say, help us craft a story that would be meaningful. Do it. And then work together. Like Ryan Howard to Michael Scott when he says he's going to write a book on leadership. Do it. Write the book, man. All right. We're going to write the book. Josie, you want to do tech on my movie? Somehow I manage. No. (laughs) Um, I'll note, like, having done a very, very poorly made uh, as more of a, a hobby than an avenue with which to hang out with friends than like any work of of actual art the the little christian web series the college group did um about bible study the web series do you remember that i remember that the only time we got preachy in that web series was as a joke yeah and i think i think the thing that we're kind of getting hung up on is preachiness and you experience preachiness in the christian world like that it happens every Watch Sunday. It. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> um, I think it's just for us as Christians, we associate preachiness with fakeness a lot. Sure. And I think that's that's the thing we're going to have to resolve if we're going to try to find good Christian art, if we're going to try to make good Christian art, if we're gonna tr- going to try to um, to be a part of, of, of a world of Christian art. Great closing thoughts. Guys, thanks for watching the movie. I owe you both $5. I have it in my wallet. I will give it to you. Um, but guys, if you, if you want to go watch small group and we would love to know your thoughts, uh, and, and see if you agree with us, if we're, we are totally insane. Um, and, uh, and you can nitpick us all day long and we invite that. I want to thank you so much for listening throughout this whole episode in this series. If you aren't already doing it, we would love it. If you would follow us, talk to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GCP pod. You can email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to take a quick break to catch our breath. We're going to let Tim get his second vaccine and get the microchip turned on. And we'll be back with more good Christian commentary soon. We love you guys, and we look forward to chatting with you soon. And until then... been listening to good christian people the podcast today's episode was recorded on monday march 29th 2021 by jeff higgins and tim Byer, two pastors living in beautiful glen burnie maryland to find more of our content please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on facebook and twitter at, at gcppod vaccination site which was a strange thing mm. like i've never been a part of something like Go in the hot dog stand and get poked right i mean no you, i went to the upper level <laughs> <laughs> you gotta edit that crap out <laughs> that's what she said <clears throat> he said it and i was like i'll keep moving and i look at tim go <clears throat> like i'm not gonna make it through that <laughs> I don't remember. Not in the hot dog stand. It's under the bleachers, okay? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't even know where to restart.
Um, 